In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, on this amazing day, March 28th, Palm Sunday in the year 2021. Pastor Jennifer Casey is our morning preacher. Pastor Bob Thomas, our emeritus pastor, will be uh, greeting people online, and we are so grateful for this gift of gathering. You'll know that there is a way to connect up And we have to depend on every possible angle to do that. If you would like to get online at stonybrook.church, there is a connect card to say hello, to offer your prayers, to also respond to God's generosity in your life with a gift for the church of its ministries and work. We also want you to know that if by chance we, you cannot navigate or are getting frustrated with something, please feel free to call the church office. The folk who shepherd us all, uh, shepherd us all, will help you do what you need to do. Holy Week is upon us, and I want to remind you as a humble pastor that we do not skip from Palm Sunday to Easter. We do the whole week. And walk with Jesus. This week we have Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services here in the sanctuary. They are also live streamed. The Thursday is at seven, the Friday is at noon, and you are invited for those services. Next Sunday is Easter. This is what changes our lives completely. You will find in the electronic newsletter and in multiple places the announcement of our schedule. Let me do it really quickly. 6.30, sunrise, online, Pastor Bob. 8 o'clock, here in the sanctuary, you may share in person. The 9.30 and the 11 o'clock services are in person and we continue to stream. And the good news is, Your church knows the power of this ministry and we can take it from on and keep moving that. The other thing we want you to know is that if you enjoy outside worship at 1230 next Sunday, we will be out in the outside chapel celebrating the resurrection of our Lord. So uh, there's a non-re part of me that says no excuses for not coming to church. Okay, so I want to see the attendance reflect. No, I'll let you do what you need to do. The folk who embrace this sanctuary to help it encourage our worship experience would like you to know that there are Easter lilies available. Yes, today is the due day. We'll let you squeeze in. But we haven't had a really big response and would like to make sure that you have that opportunity. At one point, I jokingly said to Pastor Jennifer, I'm going to put a present on the altar and in the box, the present box, is going to be a mask. This is the gift we use to keep each other safe, especially now as we do the good work of finishing off this pandemic. So keep your six feet, wear your masks, wash your hands, register. We do this to stay strong. Amen. Friends, it is my privilege to serve you as your senior pastor that we together as the ministers baptized and sent into the world 
witness to the love that Jesus shared with us. I'm going to ask Phil to come up. Phil Warner is the chair of our leadership board, and we have a few things for you to know. Um, as United Methodists, we live woven together with each other and with this world. One of the ways we embrace this is through sending our servant leaders called pastors. We're not called, we're sent. This morning I share with you that my time at Stony Brook as your interim pastor is coming to a close. I actually prefer the word transitional pastor, intentionally assisting a congregation to move from what was to what will be. It has been my privilege to be with you through these last months. We have, well, I have learned much. I hope you've learned something. And I pray that we have assisted each other to be more faithful today than in the tomorrows that have gone, or in our yesterdays, so that tomorrow will reflect God. Though it is not possible for me to tell you where I'm going, and that is our tradition, you don't say hello until you say goodbye, um, I want you to know that our cabinet is working hard with me personally so that they can help me embrace my next season of ministry in a way that embraces all of me. I promise to share the news with you first. In the meantime, it just felt important to let Stony Brook get moving to the future, so I am grateful to welcome Phil Warner to the podium and allow him to share the next bit of news. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you, at least uh, for those of you in the congregation that personally at least see your eyes. Um, <laughs> before I uh, do what I came here to do, I first want to thank Pastor Mary Jo for her outstanding pastoral leadership as interim. <clears throat> she stepped into a very difficult situation uh, last um, July, September, August. Uh, as our interim pastor, we did not have an opportunity to go through the appointment process. Not only was she an, uh, our transition pastor, as we like to call it, but she also had the uh, opportunity, I guess, to do this <laughs> in the time of a pandemic. And I would challenge any of us to assume any type of leadership in a new organization during the time of a pandemic when you're not able to, in this case, actually see your flock. Um, so we have a heartfelt appreciation to Pastor Mary Jo. She and I have had several conversations over the past few months about this transition and she has re-emphasized, reinforced with passion that her only goal is to leave Stony Brook Church in a good place to hand off to the next senior pastor. And we want to thank you for that. <clears throat> I now want to uh, draw your eyes to the screen to introduce you to Reverend David Hoffman, his wife, Melissa, and their twin daughters, Allison and Andrea. 
With excitement, the Leadership Board and the Staff Parish Relations Committee announces Bishop Gregory Palmer's appointment of Reverend David Hoffman as the senior pastor to Stony Brook Church, effective July 1. David brings 25 years of ministry experience. He comes to us from Marion Epworth United Methodist Church after serving nine years there as its lead pastor. And by the way, Epworth is uh, Reverend uh, David's <clears throat> and Melissa's home church. Hmm. They grew up in that church. They met in that church. David is a graduate of Ohio University and the Methodist Theological, Theological Seminary in Ohio. He has a passion for missions and has served and led missions, and you will recognize many of these, <clears throat> to ASP, McCurdy, various hurricane relief projects, and many more. David and our own Pastor Bob once participated in the same missions trip to Africa. Melissa is a career educator and is currently a middle school science teacher. <clears throat> Allison and Andrea are students at Ohio Northern University. Our own Tom Hoffman shared with the committee the other night that one of the best speeches he has heard at annual conference was made jointly by Allison and Andrea. Please pray for Reverend Hoffman, mm. his family, the Congregation for Marion Epworth, Stony Brook Church, and, Master, and, and Pastor Mary Jo in this transition process. SPRC will be communicating more on the transition <clears throat> in the future, but right now we're staying in the moment. Pastor Mary Jo is our senior pastor through the end of June. <laughs> Uh, we will be sending out a formal letter uh, with more of the background of uh, Reverend Hoffman to you in the future. So with that, I ask for your prayers. We again thank you, Pastor Mary Jo, and please welcome at the appropriate time the Hoffman family. Thank you. And I thank the SPRC and the Leadership Board for making it a big week. They always get big. Now I would like everybody to take a breath in and release it and remember that the Holy Spirit is in this. I promise you. As we now turn our attention to worship, we come into the presence of God's witness so that we can see through God's eyes how it is that we are to move forward. And as the prelude is offered, May we center on that. Amen.
from the gospel according to Mark, how our Lord Jesus entered Jerusalem. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, 
he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. He went away and found, they went away and found the colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the street and others spread leafy palms that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heavens. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked all around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Hosanna to the son David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. join our hearts together in prayer. Almighty God, the honesty of this day does not escape either the Lord or us. We too would erupt with hosannas and shouts of triumph as we see you every day. And at the same time, we confess 
that we are of this world and find ourselves disconnected from service and seek the success as defined by the culture we live in. Today, we claim anew the humbleness of the cult. We spread our hearts and our lives before you that others may see you before they see us in the living of our days. As you did each and every day of your ministry, we too would stand with those whose lives and voices and callings are silenced by earthly powers. Take our hearts and our minds, take our very beings, and allow us to love each other as you loved us first, fully, completely, authentically, and humbly. And in the name of Jesus, whose very existence showed us to pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
hear these words from the gospel according to Mark as we turn our attention to the passion of Jesus. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough! The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Let us pray. God, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes to see the message that you have for us today. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God weeps while the church sleeps. For about a year now, I've been meeting a close friend for a long walk most Fridays. As I think most of us have discovered, it's been hard to maintain connections this past year. While I'm thankful that we have the ability to connect virtually, it doesn't truly scratch that itch we have to be in one another's presence. And as the pandemic has worn on, I've found myself with less and less energy to virtually connect with my friends. Zoom and pandemic fatigue are real. One thing the pandemic has taught me is that my relationship with this friend is non-negotiable. And what I mean by that is because I am uplifted, energized, edified, accepted, supported, and loved by my friend, I put forth the energy to maintain connection with her. She is important to me. So when it was no longer safe for us to meet in the ways that we were accustomed to meeting, we began walking. 
for long periods of time. Our walks have been a part of my survival over this past year. God weeps while the church sleeps. Cultivating strong, supportive relationships is an important component to our survival. We were designed for community. And a part of being in community is trusting, supporting, and loving those with whom we find ourselves living life with. Jesus and the disciples had just spent three years with one another, walking, eating, learning, laughing, crying, loving, and working together. These were the closest people in Jesus's life. He trusted them so much that he chose them to learn from him and to send them out to continue his ministry. Deep, meaningful, trusted friends. The type of friends you call when you are at your lowest. The type of friends with whom you share the tender parts of your heart. The type of friends where you can be your most authentic self. These were the friends who were about to betray, deny, and desert their teacher, their Lord, their friend. God weeps while the church sleeps. The conversations between my friend and I run the gamut, from the silly all the way to the serious, you know, normal friend stuff. And she also happens to be a preacher. So this means it's not unusual for us to talk about the upcoming scripture for that weekend's worship service. If one of us is preaching, we will talk through the direction we think our sermon is going. So when I told her that I was preaching on this uh, topic today, her immediate reaction to me was, you know what, I always get on the disciples for falling asleep. Seriously, couldn't they just stay awake for one hour? That's all Jesus had asked them to do. But you know what? Sometimes you just need a nap. Sometimes you're just tired. Look at all they had been through. You know what? She's right. Look at all the disciples had just been through. At the beginning of the week, they find themselves entering Jerusalem with Jesus for the Passover festival. They watched the way that the crowd reacted to Jesus. Cloaks spread on the ground, hosannas cheered, Jesus recognized as the king of them all. Surely they experienced a high like none other. Throughout the week, Jesus has run-ins with the religious authorities. He gets angry at the lack of ethics and respect in the temple marketplace. And Jesus speaks cryptically about the future. In these cryptic future stories, Jesus tells of the destruction of the temple, his persecution, 
his betrayal, his denial, and his death. On top of all of that, the disciples had just shared the Passover meal with Jesus. And in this meal, Jesus had strangely transformed the meaning of the bread and cup into his life, his death, and his resurrection. How odd, how confusing, how overwhelming. God weeps while the church sleeps. As I think back to the sermon series I did on grief, I can't help but remember how denial as a stage of grief is a gift of grace. It gives our psyches time to adjust to the change that we experience in loss. The disciples were hearing and experiencing so much information on that last week of Jesus' life. Their emotional systems must have been operating in overdrive. What if they were simply overwhelmed by it all? What if their emotional systems just needed to rest? What if? What if Jesus still expects them, someone, anyone, to stay awake while he is praying? Talk about emotional overdrive. What a heavy week for Jesus. Challenge after challenge, a last meal with his friends, final teachings, turning over of a ministry, leaving of gifts, being betrayed by one of his closest, denied by the one on whom which his church would be built. That's a lot for someone to carry. The heaviness of the week made heavier when his friends aren't stepping up in the ways he needs supported. God weeps while the church sleeps. There is a difference between denial as a stage of grief and denial because it is uncomfortable to hear and accept the reality of others. Denial as a stage of grief is a gift of grace. It's how God designed our psyches to handle loss. Denial from discomfort, well, it minimizes, it diminishes, and it dismisses the experiences of others. This is not grace. God weeps while the church sleeps ignoring, denying, and failing to challenge systemic racism. God weeps while the church sleeps, turning a blind eye to systems which encourage generational poverty. God weeps while the church sleeps, failing to speak out against sexual abuse, domestic violence, and family patterns of addiction. God weeps while the church sleeps in all of the ways that churches have fallen short of seeing every single human being, no matter what, as beloved, beautiful creations and gifts of God. God weeps while the church sleeps.
Jesus calls us to wake up, to see what is around us, to look at the ways our communities are hurting. It is when the church sees and acknowledges pain that community transformation happens in God-sized ways. Stony Brook has chosen to support the work and ministry of Grace Haven with our Easter offering this year. Grace Haven was founded to care for victims of domestic minor sex trafficking. Hear that, friends. Minors under the age of 18 and sex trafficking. More than 1,000 minors are sexually trafficked in Ohio every year. That is 1,000 too many every year. Grace Haven works to care for those who have been enslaved, and in addition to this, they provide prevention and awareness training for communities. Emily Keener, our Director of Missions and Outreach, will be sharing videos this week about Grace Haven. You will also be able to find them on our website, stonybrook.church missions. Friends, I watched the videos. The statistics and the stories are not easy to hear. Each number represents a child of God. Each number represents a child of God who has been treated as less than their created belovedness. A child of God who has been used as an object for the gratification of another. God weeps. But we don't have to sleep. We can wake up. We can watch the videos as people of faith who are willing to open ourselves up to hearing pain in our community. We can hear the stories, the statistics, the pain, and we can hear the hope being offered through Grace Haven. We can listen to the courage from the young women who are telling their stories in honest and authentic ways. We can be a part of helping to restore dignity to those who have had it stripped from them. We can be a part of the work of healing and wholeness that only comes through Jesus Christ. I'm wondering if Jesus' reaction to the sleeping disciples would have been the same if at least one of them had managed to stay awake, to keep watch, to be open to what was happening in that moment. The reality is not all of us will be awake all at the same time. We all have our own pace. We all move toward acceptance at our own rates. And part of the beauty of being in church is that we get to come together to be awakened, 
to be supported and to be encouraged by one another. God weeps, but the church doesn't have to sleep. As we walk the path of Jesus this holy week, we can move forward with our eyes wide open. We can really watch what is happening to him in all of its beauty and in all of its pain. It's not an easy story to hear. It will invite us to examine the ways we have been just like Jesus's closest friends, the ones who betrayed, denied, and deserted, deserted him in the hour he needed them most. This may make us want to close our eyes, hide under the covers, and go to sleep. But have courage, my friends, to lean into whatever discomfort you may experience. For it is when we are awake and aware of what is happening that we get to do our biggest growing and learning. It is in these times where our hearts break wide open in God-sized ways, transforming us so that we get to be a part of transforming the world. May each of us wake up to the one who created us in love to be love in this world. Amen. One of the ways that we get to respond to God in thanksgiving and joy is by offering our gifts back to God. Know that you can continue your giving online, stonybrook.church give, or by mailing your offering to the church office. For those of you who are worshiping in person, there are also baskets on the way out. We are in the business of transforming this world. And one of the ways that that happens is through your financial gifts, which support the mission and ministries at Stony Brook Church. I invite you at this time to allow our choir to lead us in our final hymn.
as we prepare to depart from this place, I would ask that you would allow our ushers to dismiss you so that we can all leave this sanctuary uh, in safety, health, and wholeness. Receive these words of benediction as we leave this place today. Go forth from this place with your eyes wide opened and your hearts ready to receive all that God has in store for you this holiest of weeks. Go in peace, my friends, as we share the love of Jesus Christ in this world this week. Amen. Thank you.